Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the hockey editor here at Action. And joining me today, as always, is my friend and professional better. You know him on gambling Twitter as So Money Sports. And So Money, most episodes, we start by giving out an underdog, which we will do, but we're not going to kick the show off with that because we have alarm bells going off, a run to the window and bet special for you. And the odds are tremendous. And that is Bruce Boudreaux to win the Jack Adams trophy. It's 75 to one. That number I found at DraftKings uh, in New Jersey. It's out there at other places, 70. You should be able to find them 50 or 60. I like basically all those numbers, but obviously you want to go look for the best number possible. And the reason that I like this number so much is the Canucks are hanging around four to one to make the playoffs. And if they do get into the playoffs, Bruce Boudreaux's name is going to end up on a lot of hockey writers' ballots for a number of reasons. One, because of the job he's done. Two, because he's such an affable, well-liked guy. These are human beings voting for this award. So that's typically what uh, that's going to help him play in his favor, that he is a very well-liked coach among media members. Um, and just this number is too, too good to pass up. So I'm adding it. Uh, I added it this morning. Bruce Boudreaux, uh, 75 to 1 to win Jack Adams. Daryl Sutter right now is the favorite at plus 330. But I, I mean, this number, if, if the Canucks continue the way they're playing, is just going to crater. Uh, anything for you on your man? Yeah, I have um, Boudreaux uh, 70 to 1 from earlier in the season, uh, around the time when he first got hired. And um, like you said, there's there's better numbers out there. When we're breaking down this award, I mean, you you didn't mention um, how a lot of these awards, they do come down to, uh, to a human factor, right? Um, you look at Daryl Sutter should be the favorite right now, but of course there's no there, there's no value there. You look at um, who my second favorite would be right now would be um, Mike Sullivan, and the job he's done with the Penguins. I would argue um, earlier in the season with all their guys out, keeping them around, and now um, they have struggled a bit, but they're still they're still hanging around. I would have Sullivan and Sutter pretty close, and then. Then you have Boudreaux, and he's not that far away as the odds indicate. The problem I had with the Canucks as recently as a couple of weeks ago was that other teams that they're trying to catch have just too many games in hand. Well, I look at the standings this morning, and they've cut that margin down. So at most, the teams that they're trying to catch would be Dallas for the wild card, who has uh, two games in hand right now. So so they have closed that gap. They're right there. Um, I think that if the Canucks do make the playoffs at 60 to 1 or at 70 to 1 or at 75 to 1, I think that you have to take a shot at Boudreaux, especially considering where this team was when he took over. Yep. It's uh, like I said, you're betting on writers and reporters and storytellers picking this award. And I think that the best story right now, like you said, is probably Sutter what he's done with the flames they could win the division uh their odds on to win the division and the second best story because it's not a guarantee and it's it's probably a little less likely than it is likely is boudreau to get the canucks into the playoffs after their start to the season um and if (laughs) let me tell you man 
I know a lot of hockey writers. I know a lot of beat writers. I know people who vote for this award and they would love nothing more than to be a part of that story. Cause that's what these writers like to do is get themselves into the story as best they can. I do it. I'm a writer. Um, and Bruce Boudreaux allows them to do it. So before we move on to the rest of the show, be sure to go out there and hunt down a number, a big fat number on Bruce Boudreaux to win the Jack Adams award for coach of the year. Yeah. And just one, one more point too, is that with these awards, there's a lot of recency bias that goes into it as well. So you look at a team like the flames right now who are leading the division, but you know that Vegas is going to start getting healthy. There's, there's, there's going to be a run there. So if Vegas makes a run and they're able to get that division, what is going to stand out is unfortunately for Sutter and the flames that they blew the division. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and, and that's going to play a role in my opinion, um, when it's time to vote. Oh, I love voting on the Jack Adams. I just love it. All right, uh, now we'll move on to our favorite underdog of the day. It's not the Ottawa Senators for Tuesday, March 1st, but it is a different Canadian team, a different bad Canadian team. The Montreal Canadiens, they're plus 185, traveling to Winnipeg to take on the Jets, minus 215. The over-under here is six. Uh, we both like the Habs. Uh, set it up. So one thing that um, that I like about the Habs here is that since St. Louis have has taken over here, um, not only have they become my new darlings, but... Um, they've also, I've, I've really liked the way that they've, that they've improved their attention in their defensive game. And that's one thing that uh, Martin St. Louis was saying that um, when he first uh, took over is that um, they just need to get better defensively, especially with all the guys out. They can't, um, they're not in a position to be getting into these run and gun games. So, um, so, so that bodes well for them in this matchup against Winnipeg, who, should be an under team, but they just don't have that discipline and they leave uh, Connor Hellebuck to dry just way too often. Um, Hellebuck should be a net. Um, I think that there is a value on the Habs at north of plus 200. And I mean, based on the way that the Jets season has gone, this would be the perfect spot for them to lay an egg just when you think that they've won a game after a road trip. So now they're going to get it together. I've mentioned this before. I've been waiting for it all season. Um, I get edges on the Jets almost almost every game. And at some point, the teams just don't perform to your numbers. And you just you just have to accept the fact, which I've done with the Jets. What I think should be a low-scoring game, um, I do want um, some exposure on, um, on a heavy dog here in what I think should become a coin flip. Yeah, I think you can point to the fact that Montreal's goaltending has been much better under St. Louis as uh, evidence that the defensive uh, attention to detail has greatly improved under St. Louis. And, and there's also, we talk about it uh, all the time, the new manager, the new coach bounce. And sometimes it's just a couple games. Sometimes it can last half a season. Sometimes it can last more than that uh, as the teams, uh, maybe if, if a system works out well, this one, these, these, these team seems to be rejuvenated and that does count for something uh, when you're playing a game like hockey, where just working harder than the other team, or at least working as hard as the other team uh, really does matter. I like Montreal, uh, anything plus 185 or better. Uh, I guess the Jets, who I don't think profile very well as, as a big favorite, don't want to really be caught laying too much wood with Winnipeg. All right, uh, let's move on to the rest of the board. We'll start with your old darling. They're still my darling too. The <laughs> Ottawa Senators, uh, they're plus 275, taking on Tampa Bay, minus 340. The over-under here is six. This game is in Tampa, uh, let's just stop right here and just say that a lot of this, what we're about to say, really hinges on the goaltending. Uh, mm -hmm. We could see Brian Elliott start for Tampa Bay on uh, Tuesday. And if that's the case, 
Ottawa becomes very playable. I still have some interest in the Sands, even with Vasilevsky. It's not fun, but with the way that the goaltending has gone for Ottawa lately, you're at least feeling more confident that uh, Murray, Forsberg, whoever gets the nod, uh, can hold serve against uh, the big cat Vasilevsky in this game. Uh, and Ottawa, like their defensive numbers have been pretty good since the NHL returned to play on December 27th. They're only allowing 2.17 goals. Uh, against per 60 minutes at five on five since then that's 23 games and a lot of that is the goaltending because they are giving up uh, more chances than that uh, Tampa Bay we know all about them this is a very good team plus 1.27 goal differential per 60 minutes at five on five over their last eight games so they're not slowing down really um, however we've said it a lot on this podcast Ottawa they just profile as a great underdog they're four and eight this season uh, when they're plus 200 or higher they're obviously even I think even with Elliott, they should close north of that number. Uh, and even though they've lost twice as many games as they've won in that spot, uh, still a plus 11.7% return on investment. So uh, for me, it'll likely be the Senators. We'll see where this number goes when the goaltending comes out after the morning skate. Ottawa and Tampa Bay, can you find a reason to get back in bed with the Senators? Obviously, we love the Senators as a dog around here. Um, and in their uh, five-game road trip coming up, they should be a dog uh, four out of those five games. I'm a little wary here, though. I mean, uh, Tampa Bay is stringing together wins, um, and they're not playing at the level that we're accustomed to, but they know who they are. They know what they have to do. So I'm not going to spend too much time um, worrying about Tampa Bay's level of play right now. Um, they're finding ways to win, and that's that's good enough for me right now based on their pedigree. Um, even though the Lightning are rightfully heavily favored here. Um, I, I think that this number will still move up a little bit if um, if Vasilevsky is, is confirmed. Um, like you mentioned, it's, this could be a spot for Brian Elliott here. And if we do get that Elliott confirmation, um, the market is going to move towards Ottawa. And it's also going to move towards the over as well, which is kind of the angle that I'm more interested in in, um, in Brian Elliott games. Um, another note for this game, too, is that the Sens canceled their practice on Monday. DJ Smith alluded to a bug going through the team. So um, we won't know who is affected until the morning skate. And we probably won't know about the final scratches until warm up. So I don't have anything for now. Um, I do want to look at the over. I do want to confirm um, the goaltending status there. And I also want to be cognizant of what's happening with the Sens lineup. And we'll know that uh, probably right before game time. The New Jersey Devils, plus 130, traveling to Columbus. They're minus 150. The over-under for this one set at six and a half. You know, rightfully so, a high over-under here. Uh, Columbus is 32nd in the league. New Jersey 31st and five-on-five goals allowed. This season, overall, Columbus 31st, New Jersey 30th in goals against average. I think you could say both defenses have been a little bit better of late, but I don't trust either one, especially with the goaltending uh, situation behind them. It'll be John Gillies, likely for New Jersey, on Tuesday night against what should be Elvis Merzlikens for Columbus. Uh, the Jackets are 7-3 in their last 10. Those results are a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but they do convert. They're not opportun- opportunistic team. This has kind of been who they've been all season too. Right? You remember that stretch early on in the year where they were finishing at a pretty impressive rate, beating their underlying metrics through that finishing, and uh, they're doing it again. Uh, Patrick Lyonet is on a heater for Columbus, an interesting name uh, at this point of the season to keep an eye on. I've got nothing here. I think I would have a little bit of interest in New Jersey if this number got much, much higher. Like if, if we're looking at like a plus 160, I do think it'll move towards Columbus 
in the morning when the money starts flowing in. But for right now, it'll likely be a pass for me. Yeah, I would um I would agree with you there. I think that um the Blue Jackets have been pretty sneaky here in February. I was just uh, going through their numbers. They've uh, they kind of caught up to me here. So um I would expect Merzlikens in goal. Um a couple of weeks ago, this would have been an auto over with uh, Merzlikens and Gillies, but I wonder if Elvis was able to get his groove back a bit here with time away. We'll see how the Canucks game goes. Um, if generally speaking, whenever you have a team on a back-to-back, the way that the game goes uh, does have an impact on the on the line. So um, we'll see how that game goes. And then um, I'm leaning towards the Devils as well. And if they do end up losing to the Canucks, I think we should be able to pick off a couple more cents of value here, even though I'm kind of hesitant to put money on uh, Gillies right now, but that's probably where we're going to end up going. Yeah, not fun. Um, Not fun at all. Uh, In a much different matchup, the Calgary Flames, they're minus 105, road underdogs taking on Minnesota, minus 115, the over-under here, six and a half. The Flames had their 10-game winning streak snapped by York Canucks a couple of nights ago. Oof, that was something. That was what wild. beautiful jerseys. Yeah, the, the most aesthetically pleasing matchup you can get, I think, uh, of all <laughs> jersey combinations. Uh, maybe unless you throw the Islanders fishermen in there. Um, but, I mean, they responded really well. They, you know, A lot of times you see that when a long winning streak comes to an end, teams will kind of – their results for the next few games will be pretty pedestrian. But they responded really well with a 7-3 win over the Wild in the first leg of the home-and-home. Home. Uh, Calgary, we don't talk about them as a, one of the true elites in the league. And I don't know if they are there yet, but their numbers suggest that they are. They're leading the league in expected goals rate. Uh, if you're looking at public models like Evolving Hockey, they're second uh, in goal differential at five on five to Carolina. And they have a goaltending edge in this matchup. So I, I do think the numbers may be a little inflated here on the road against a good team. However, uh, I think it's flames or nothing for me. Uh, we'll see where it goes. But for right now, I'll pass and maybe I can see if I can get a plus money on Calgary, but that would be unlikely. Anything for you here? This is a little bit of a tricky game for me. Um, obviously, um, I've mentioned previously that I do come in lower on the wild than, than a lot of my colleagues. Um, they are struggling now, which does provide me with a small sense of validation. But at the same time, uh, this is the time when I do want to be looking for opportunities to buy the Wild. I just don't know that a rematch against the Flames with Talbot is the right spot to buy, though. Um, I wish that it wasn't Talbot starting, but that has been confirmed. Um, I think that with the Wild at home, a coin flip would be a fair line here. So depending on what the market does, if I can pick off plus money on either side, um, I will have to look into that. And a real doozy for us in Colorado, the New York Islanders, plus 240 traveling to Ball Arena to take on the Avalanche. They're minus 290. The over-under here is six. The Islanders, uh, they split uh, back-to-back against the Kings and Ducks, looked really good against the Ducks, not so great against the Kings. But part of that reason was, once again, just an absurd goal, uh, back-breaking goal, where Brock Nelson wins a face-off, and it just cal- – Clutterbuck just passes it into his own net. Uh, that's been the case for the Islanders all season long. They've had these horribly timed, unlucky goals. Some of them not unlucky, but still horribly timed. And that just takes the wind out of their sails. And um, otherwise, like I was, I was starting to get a little encouraged with the way they were playing. And overall, if you look at since they've gotten generally healthy, since their COVID issues were truly put behind them when the NHL got back to play on December 27th. They're 12, nine and two. Uh, their expected goals rate is above 
oh, close to 52%, just right there, uh, above the break-even mark in goal differential. And they've lost some very winnable games in terms of the way they played. They played well against the Wild and lost in regulation. They played well against Edmonton, lost in regulation. They played well against Montreal, lost in a shootout, played well against San Jose, lost in a shootout. Then they lost some winnable games against inferior opposition where they didn't play well. It's really hard to get um, a true reading on this team has been the case all season. It's It's been heartbreaking. I do think that uh, their defensive metrics have, have improved and their goaltending has started to improve a little bit, which gives them a path to success against Colorado. However, if this number is not there yet, but it will be Islanders for me likely tomorrow if uh, this thing shoots up. And I don't want to do it, though. <laughs> the Avs, uh, they have taken their game to another level here. It's not surprising since it coincides with the more consistent goaltending that they've been getting. I agree with you. The Islanders are uh, tightening up defensively here. I'm, uh, I'm uh, noticing that as well. Um, for now on this game, though, I will pass. Um, I do expect... Um, the Avs to take some money here, which could push the Islanders into range for me. For now, it's a pass, but I'll, I'm keeping the option open of looking into the Islanders or the under as well in this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what the goaltending matchup is, uh, especially on the Islanders side, because it was pretty clear Ilya Soroka needed a breather with yeah. Varlamov and COVID protocol uh, stuck in Canada. He gets that breather and responds with a shutout against the Ducks. Do you go back to him or do you give Varlamov the chance to play against uh, his former team. And I think Barry Trotz will likely choose the latter to keep Sorokin as fresh as possible. So that's one to keep an eye on as well. All right. Another Western time zone game, San Jose plus 195, traveling to Vegas, taking on the Knights minus 230. Dover under here, six Robin Leonard's back. That came out of nowhere. I thought he was going to be a lot longer, mm. but that's how it goes with Pete DeBoer, right? Like it, I, they were talking about trading for Simeon Varlamov, speaking of, because they didn't know the extent of Leonard's shoulder injury. I guess it's not terrible um, because he will be starting for the Knights tomorrow, which uh, gives me a little bit of betting interest on the Sharks, which I didn't think I would be saying at all. But with the Knights missing Stone and Pacioretty, the number being where it is and maybe ticking up with the Leonard stuff, I mean, I might have to do it because you're talking about a goalie coming back off an injury. You're talking about a very depleted lineup and uh, the Knights have been struggling lately. So it's not a team I want to bet on. We've, we've talked about the Sharks playing poorly of late. There's they've, they've snuck a couple wins against the run of play against the Islanders. Um, but I'm nowhere close to laying it with Vegas here. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Pete DeBoer and I mean, there's uh, it's funny with, with, with him, there's, there's no coach in this league that rattles me more than him um, in terms of waiting for lineup information uh, rosters, goaltending, like it's Vegas games uh, become such a hassle sometimes. Um, I thought that the Sharks were fortunate in their win against Seattle, um, even though Vegas um, hasn't been getting results. I don't think they've been playing particularly poorly. Um, I would actually want to buy Vegas, but the number has already accounted for the Sharks struggles here and um, and the expectation that uh, Vegas should turn it around at some point here. Um, they do continue to be banged up. Pacioretty and Janmark have been confirmed out for tomorrow. I'm not 100% on this, but I think that uh, Leonard is getting the start. Um, so once that confirmation comes through, I think that Vegas will take some money. I'll be passing here, but even though I want to bet on Vegas going forward, um, this shouldn't be the spot to do it. All right, before we get to our best bets for Tuesday night, we'll close it up with the Bruins. They're minus 200 against the Ducks, plus 180. This is in Anaheim at the Pond, over under here is five and a half. Uh, once again, I want to say that I'm interested in the Bruins in the futures market. They're 22 to one uh, right now to win the Stanley Cup. 
you know, if it's that or a derivative, or even if it's just betting them to win a series when we get to the playoffs, depending on the matchup, I think that this team is their, their defensive game is good enough. And Jeremy Swayman has proven that he is a legitimate number one goalie over the stretch. Uh, and he's good enough that I don't mind buying Boston here. Uh, they're going to have a really tough path to the Stanley cup final and the Stanley cup, but everybody will, because the East is a gauntlet. The Atlantic division is a gauntlet, but I do like the way they match up against certain teams like Carolina, Florida, and Toronto, because those teams like to play these run and gun, more loose styles, give up, they'll trade chances and bet on their talent to come on top. The Bruins are pretty well-versed in playing against that style and especially in playoffs and snuffing it out. Um, so Boston's general, their long-term number, very interesting to me. I'll, I'll have an article about this on Action Network for Tuesday afternoon of a couple of bets I like. And I think Boston, of all the teams, of all the numbers out there in the Stanley Cup market, they're the one that stuck out once again to me. So what are your thoughts here, Bruins, Ducks, Bruins in general? So the first thing in all Bruins games for me is who's going to be starting in goal. Olmark is going to start tomorrow. That's been confirmed. It's really tough for me to bet on the Bruins with him starting. Um, I do want to see Swayman and Ned when I'm betting on the Bruins or when I'm betting Bruins unders. That said, I have been fading the Ducks quite a bit here. Um, So I'll have to see something um, very inflated with Gibson getting the start against Allmark for me to get involved. Depending, again, Boston plays on Monday night in, in LA. So depending on how that game goes, I'm closer to the Ducks than I am to the Bruins right now. But We'll have to see uh, where the market takes us. All right. Uh, now we'll move on to top shelf bets, our favorite bets for Tuesday, March 1st, three weeks from the trade deadline, getting down the stretch here. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. I'll go first. The Oilers, they're minus 160, taking on the Flyers, plus 140. The over-under here is six. I think we have a little bit of slight disagreement on this one, but Edmonton's goaltending, you just can't trust them enough to lay this kind of number. And I think as long as we do get Carter Hart and goal, which it does look like we will, I think the Flyers should have some value. I do think this number will go up on Philadelphia, even at home, as Edmonton, had, they've been playing better under Jay Woodcroft. Their underlying metrics are improved. But there's always a chance in Oilers games that whoever's in goal, whether it's Koskinen, Stuart Skinner, Mike Smith, whoever gets the nod, uh, just lays a dud. And with Philadelphia, this team has struggled for the entire season, but their numbers haven't been terrible they're they're not great but they haven't been terrible and i think that this game is being lined kind of like they are um so i actually do think the flyers up until the trade deadline are a team i'm interested in betting on in these kind of situations like i said i think this number is going to go up so i would wait it out to see if you can get a higher number on philadelphia but i do think i'll be on the flyers as a home underdog against the oilers and whoever they want to throw in goal on tuesday yeah i'm um I'm closer to the Oilers here, um, but it's not in disagreement with anything you said. I, I completely agree with you about their about their goaltending. I just look at the Oilers from a different lens in the sense that I'm more impressed by the Oilers' um, overall team defense um, since the coaching um, change. Even though they've lost their last two of their last three games, I really didn't have any problems with their games here during the difficult stretch in uh, Florida and in, and in Carolina. I would listen to an argument that they could have easily gone three and zero through through those games. So I like the way that the Oilers are playing overall. Um, obviously, goaltending at any point you can, like you said, um, you can end up with a dud, like we saw in that Minnesota game. Obviously, playing the Flyers is a step down, but um, but the line it does reflect that with the respect that the Oilers are getting on the road. 
right now I don't have anything, but um, I would expect actually the Flyers to take some money here when considering the Oilers injuries. And especially if Koskinen is confirmed, I do think Koskinen will play where I see the advantage here is that if the market moves too much towards the Flyers and Koskinen, um, there's there's too much of an adjustment there. So that is where I would see um, I would see an edge on the Oilers depending on where the market goes tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one to watch uh, where it ends up. And like I said, the Flyers, just under 50% in terms of their goal share, five on five, their expected goal rate um, over the past few weeks. So not good, but they're not terrible. And, uh, or they haven't been playing terrible lately. And I think until they start selling off everybody at the trade deadline, maybe a little interesting, a little sneaky uh, team to keep in your pocket. The Carolina Hurricanes, they're minus 220, taking on the Detroit Red Wings, fresh off a... 10-7 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, the other night. The Red Wings are plus 185. The over-under here is 6. Should it be 12? <laughs> the Wings are such a mess defensively, eh? And they've been like this all season. So there's no problem seeing the Canes as big as a, of a road favorite as they are right now. You could even argue that they're a bit short, and I would listen to that argument. Um, there is a possibility that Ronta is going to get the start here. So that's something that we'll need to monitor. It's funny because like I, I spent all season confirming the um the, the goalies before getting involved in wings games, but it, it just doesn't matter anymore. In their current form, I don't have a difference between Grice or um or uh, Nadelkovic. So so Detroit's goaltending doesn't matter. If Ranta does start, um I will be coming in on the uh on the over six here. Yeah, I think uh you know over here is is a pretty agreeable bet. I don't mind laying it with Carolina because I think if they do win it's pretty likely that they'll do so in um, decent fashion because of, like you said, that the Red Wings defense has just been a mess. Nearly 14 high danger chances allowed per 60 minutes this month. And like you said, the goaltending from Nadelkovic has gone down, uh, ticked down a little bit. Grice has been pretty poor of late too. And you can't really blame them with the, the scoring chances that they're seeing every night, uh, no matter who the opposition is. So with Carolina's offense, it gen- just generates a ton of opportunities, uh, they're second in creating expected goals at five on five this season. This is a nightmare matchup for the wings. I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, six or seven goals hung up on Detroit on Tuesday. So on that note, we will close the book on another episode of line change for so many sports. I'm Michael Lebuff. Once again, reminding you Bruce Boudreaux 75 to one to win the Jack Adams. Go get it.